The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Very active starting a business. It takes a lot of gumption. I really want to dig in deep, figure out what makes these people tick, how they are leveraging their success to make the rest of the world a better place. You know, maybe have a couple of giggles along the way. From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Kilroy Report, the podcast that shares the stories of entrepreneurs and agency owners doing extraordinary things in an ordinary world. Now here's your host, Tim Kilroy. Hey everybody, it's Tim and welcome to the Kilroy Report, where we talk to extraordinary people building extraordinary businesses in a completely ordinary world, even though the last two years have been you know, frankly, a total disaster, like not ordinary at all the last two years. But I am very happy today to be here with Carlos Obregon from Bloom Marketing, a Vancouver-based SEO, SEM, general marketing shop that services uh, small and medium-sized businesses in Vancouver, Western Canada, and across the United States. And welcome to the Kilroy Report. Thank you very much, Tim. It's a pleasure to be here. Looking forward to our chat. Carlos, one of the things that that's popped up in our sort of pre-discussions was the fact that you've been you've been in business since 2006. And like me, it looks like you're kind of an old and you probably have very not a lot of interest in in leading the the nomadic, the digital nomad life, but but you know, you've been in business a long time. And and actually I think this is the, the average business in the United States anyways, lasts about, about 30 months. And so you are, let's see, you're, you're going on somewhere like a month, 184 or something like that. Yeah. So, right there. So, uh, so you're like, you're, you're doing okay so far. So, so tell me what has, what, what has made it possible for you to keep on doing this? Yeah. You know, prior to our chat, I started doing some, uh, some thinking like, and looking back, since we started in 2006, um, there's always surprises, right, along, along the way. It's like, it's like the board game, yeah, Snakes and Ladders, where sometimes you hit the ladders, you go up, you rise. Right. But then when you think and, you're and safe. For, and for those, those Americans in the audience, that we call that shoots and ladders. Okay. <laughs> and that, next thing you know, you hit a shoot, you know, and, there, and down you go. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just, uh, I mean, everyone who's listening here and then you and I, I mean, we stepped on a huge shoot, right? I mean, in 2019. Yeah. With the, yep. with the, with the pandemic. And uh, before that, when we were first starting out and then uh, we, we had the 2008 you know, meltdown where huge, huge banks went under insurance companies. So many businesses went under. And uh, at the time we were just getting started. We had a very limited uh, no client portfolio. I think we had three clients at the time. So even even losing one was almost almost a death sentence. Yeah. And so I remember one night I was I was panicking and I had I had my first child on the way and um, I'm like oh my god you know, what, <laughs> talk about bad timing. And I remember one night I just got up and I put a piece of paper in front of me. I got a pen and said I'm gonna write down all my options. Yeah. And what happens if you know we lose clients and they, we, we no longer have any revenue or if it re- gets reduced. And I came up with a, a full page of options. Once I started writing the first few options, I said, oh yeah, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could look into affiliate marketing, which was really big at the time and right. a, lot, a lot easier than now. Right. And, uh, Exotic dancing? 
<laughs> well, now that I don't, th- I don't have the physique for that. <laughs> for oh, the- come on! It was a long time ago. You're probably dead. You're probably. Dead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I remember I started. I put down three options, and I said, "Wait a minute! No, this can also lead to this other options. And what if I partner up with other? I mean, because this is like like it's happening now with the the pandemic. We all suffered through 2008. Very few people benefited from from everything that was going on. And so maybe I should join forces with other people who are in the same, you know, conundrum as I am, where you only have very few customers, you have only very limited revenue streams. And you know that, I remember after I wrote down my options, I felt so much better. I said, you know what? I'm not doomed here. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. Yeah. But, I, but I do have to change. And, uh, and that, that has been our, our mindset ever since. You no, know, obviously being in digital marketing, almost every month there's a you know pretty significant change yeah. in terms of the market in terms of the tools in terms of the, the platforms so adapting you know being always ready and never never resting on on, our, on your laurels you know, one one key area that i've found that has been very helpful to us being really good in communicating with our clients for good and for bad right so i came up with a definition of entrepreneur uh, a while ago uh, which I think is pretty good. It's you're too dumb to know when to quit. Let's talk about the communication with your clients because for for a lot of for a, for a lot of I don't mean this in a bad way, but for a lot of younger agency owners, people who are just starting out, their real desire is that their clients should just leave them alone. Like, like yeah. I am the Facebook marketing expert. Just let me do my thing. Get out of the way. Don't manage me. Don't talk to me. Just just wait for my report and you'll see that those results are fantastic. In the history of my life, that has never worked ever. No. And, and and so so tell me so tell me about how you have have sort of both sort of personally and sort of as a culture inside your company made client communication the most important thing. Yeah, from day one, we we thought of ourselves as becoming an internal department with, with each and every one of the clients we work with. What that means is not only getting the, you know, the document with the insertion order, like, okay, we need this many, this much budget in Google ads, this much on Facebook or Pinterest, yeah. but actually going in and trying to learn about the product or service and not, not just knowing the names and the price, but uh, okay, how does it work? Who, who buys this? And what is the typical customer lifetime value how long how long do your customers stay or how often do they come back yeah well and, and i think i mean for i mean those are the if you think about what we do as advertisers which is essentially create a connection between a brand and an audience knowing that stuff is table stakes right and and and, and one of one of the things that I, I just had a conversation with a young agency owner, not, not 20 minutes ago, who he was really sure that his value was in the, uh, he happens to be a copywriter. Uh, he thought his real value was in the words that his team wrote. And it isn't. The real value is in knowing what words to write. Yeah. Which... And the only way you can do that is to really dig into your your clients. And, and in in my agency coaching business one of the things that we talk about regularly is is this is this metric that i made up all by myself is the return on understanding i like it so the 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 more the more you understand 
about your client and their audience, the better you are at doing your job. Yes, 100%. And, also, and, and it's, it's also a great way for you to create trust. Yes. All right. So I know that you work mostly with small and medium-sized businesses. And at this point, every single one of those businesses has been brutally burned by a terrible agency at some point in the past. How do you jump over that, that I've been burned by other agencies, therefore it doesn't matter how good your track record is or how slick your sales presentation or whatever, I don't really trust you. Yeah, in those cases, I like to be very forward and say, what, can you please give me what exactly was the pain point with your previous agency? Why did you fire them? Why did you, were, why were you disappointed? Was it just performance? And you know, you'll be surprised. Most of the time, it's not performance. No, the first the pain point that, they, that we get. Yeah, number one actually, here. Yeah, performance actually is rarely the reason why somebody gets fired. Yeah, yeah. And the number one reason I've heard in the past 15 years is I, we never got proper information from our agency. We never knew okay, yeah, are we doing good? Are we, are we, do we have enough budget? Do we have any feedback for the salespeople? Do you have any feedback for the product team? Communication was it the first and still is the number one complaint we hear from people who are coming from other agencies whom they just fired. Now, as an owner operator of your, your agency, when you're providing that kind of feedback, aren't you running the risk of them sort of sucking up too much of your time and like dragging you in-house sort of? Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. And yes, that, that can be a risk, definitely. And but, you, know, you, you, learn, you live, you learn. So yeah, now so, typically... So, yeah, so how do you put boundaries around that? How do you make, how do you stop that from happening? In our proposals, when we, when we put everything in writing, like how much is it going to cost you and what can you expect? We were very clear. With this rates that we're, Putting down here, you get uh, your, your monthly report and you get one meeting to go over the reports, whether it be on the phone or in person. And um, any other requirements outside of this will cost you this much per hour. So from the get-go, we're very clear. And uh, one, one, one thing that I'm building on the communication part, another very common ripe we hear is, you know what, I, started, I established a really good relationship with this rep in my previous agency, and then they left. And I got a, the next junior rep. They were there three months, and then they got promoted to something else, and I got handed over to a new guy. And, uh, and so even though I do have people who work with me and help me, whenever I, I retain a new, new client, I say, you know what, from now on, I will be your single and only point of contact for the good, for complaints, for accountability, for everything. That's regardless if somebody else helps me do the work. But I, I remain the face and the point of contact. So, so you've been in business for, for 16 years or 160 years. So, so obviously what you're, what you're doing is, is working for you. But uh, when I'm talking with my clients, with my agency growth clients, I'm Regularly saying things like, if you are providing, if you're, if you're the account manager, what you're doing is revenue preservation, not, not company growth, right? And, 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 and the, another, another way that I think about it is the further, this is going to sound totally counterintuitive, but the further away you can get from the work, 
the more you can impact the outcome. So if you think, you know, if you think about it as, as like, it's a, it's a lever, right? So your attention is a lever and the, the, the more the, the, or your, your attention and your vision is a lever. And so the broader your vision can be and the further you can see, the more impact you can have on what's happening. And so if you're right up front, if you're, if, you know, if you're, if you've got your nose to the grindstone and you're providing the value to your company or to your clients, sorry, that's, that puts you in a tough spot because you can't necessarily see the bigger picture because you're so worried about their smaller picture. Yeah, that's definitely a very valid approach. And this would be, to be honest, our goal has never been to grow huge. We want to be very profitable and we want to have a, enough of a revenue you know, stream that uh, we don't need to worry if one client leaves or somebody you know, moves on. But uh, yeah, I can see what, what, you're, what you're saying. In that, that yeah, you, you, you could get caught, too caught up on, in the day-to-day tasks and not, not see the bigger right. picture. Yeah, not uh, and, the, the business. Right, and then the, the other thing is, what if you need to take a vacation? Or you want to take a vacation? What if you'd like to go to? What if you'd, you'd like to go to? Uh, I don't know, Romania for six weeks in the summer. That'll be like, tough. Yeah, you know, like you like your agency can't stop, right? And so, so I I I'm a really big fan of making you are important to your clients, but not because of the work that you do, but rather because of the strategic relationship you as the agency leader are able to create with them. I think that's and that that actually just gives you a spot to to like really exercise your value, I think in the, in the biggest possible way. Yeah. Yeah. You make it very clear. And yeah, that's very, that, that's a really nice way of putting it. So, so tell me what's, what's the thing that got you into being an agency owner? Throughout my career, most of my, my life, I, I've been self-employed in one way or another. Yeah. And, uh, so it means like you, you can't hold a job. <laughs> because, that, because that's my wife's definition of an entrepreneur can't hold a job you know what i get, I get bored you know whenever I've, I've had jobs i get bored and i think like oh man i'm stuck here yeah sure <laughs> yeah and uh, I, so i'd rather take risks yeah I mean, it'd be nice to have a you know a paycheck but it's also nice knowing that you know what i'm taking a risk here but uh, all the gain or the possible gain I'm going to reap the benefits and not, not, not someone else. Sure. Sure. Yep. So what do you think clients really want from an agency? But they, they want to be service. They, they want to be, they want, they want you to be there as a, as a consultant for, to help them along. It's for, for most, for a lot of businesses, the online space is daunting. Right? There's all these platforms and well, we have Google, Facebook, Instagram. Now we have TikTok, we have Pinterest plus whatever else comes next. Right. And uh, they, they find it very daunting, especially Gen X and, uh, and, and older. <laughs> like, they, they just find it like, you know what? I don't even know where to begin. Excuse me, the people who are in Gen X are not old. No, of course not. I, no, I, I, I reject that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, this okay. Is, okay. I'm, I'm speaking, you know, as an example. Yeah. Anyway, and, and so, yeah, the, you're meant to be on top. You mean, you're, mean, you're meant to bring it down, make it understandable, usable, and something that they can benefit from and leverage for, for the business. 
I think that's that that would be that's probably what the main the main thing we're doing right now. So no, don't so worry. Like, so you're like translating, this. right? You're, you're like you're translating you're translating the 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 complex world of digital marketing into something that's palatable. Yeah, exactly. It's within, within their 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 worldview. Yeah, and and since you've been around for a million years, obviously you've seen you've seen good agencies and bad agencies. What's the difference? Because th- there have been there are plenty of agencies that I don't think are terrific but they're doing just fine and there have been pretty good there have been people that i thought were terrific marketers who frankly their agencies could never take off or or never be sustainable in that i think the real difference is whether your end goal is the money or your end goal is the relationship with the clients if your end goal is the money i mean yeah you're, you're looking at everyone as a you know with a dollar symbol like okay are you worth it are you not worth it what else can i get from you if you see it as a relationship, I see it more as, okay, how else can I help you? How else can I take what's out there and bring it and benefit you? I am a big fan of, I mean, the, 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 the idea of service. So the, one of the like cheat sheets that we have in like agency coaching programs is we, we talk about the four W's. Who do you serve? What do you do? What's in it for your client? And why should you be hired? And, and that first one, who do you serve? Like that's, so there is, there is an aspect of service, but there's also, there's going to be an aspect of, rep, rep, oh my goodness, I can't even speak. There's going to be a fair, there's going to be a fair trade there. And so yeah. it's not about you helping them, but it's about you leveraging your expertise to create equal benefit, right? Yeah. And so, and so how long do your clients stay with you? Here's the, and the good news is that we have very low churn. We still have clients <clears throat> that have been with us from day one. So we have wow. a local, a regional airline. That's been our client from the, the first day we started, and they're still with us. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. And especially in this is, and you know what? I know the founder. I know, I know his wife. I know that their son got married. I know that they, when they had a grandkid. Yeah. So that's what I mean by the relationship. Right. And so, but I, I hope you've raised your prices in the last 16 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah. you're for $317 a month. And, yeah, um, and during COVID, they obviously went through a hard time, right? Because imagine. And so they, they were approached by, an, by another company. And they, they were very straight with me. They said, you know what? This company is offering to do this many, this digital dashboards with the analytics data. So we can have you know, real-time insights into you know, ticket sales, whatnot. And that, but first, we wanted to check with you. It's like, how much would you charge us? And because, you know, we're considering taking them on. I say, you know what? You've been with, loyal with me in 15 years. And right now you're going through a, you know, bumpy patch. I don't want to do that for you for free. And I did. And so we did, the, we did their dashboards and all that. And guess what? They, they obviously, they remain the client. That's good. That's good. And, and whatever I would have made by charging them for those, that work, I, I probably made that several times over. Right. Now, I think I think that's that's super that's that's super important to sort of point out that that this wasn't a, a power dynamic thing. It wasn't that you were you were giving them this stuff for free because you were afraid that they were going to leave, but rather you were giving them this stuff for free because you valued the relationship. Yeah, I mean they they've been loyal to to us. But it's, it's our turn to to be loyal to them. Right, and that and then I hope you're you'll bring this up when it comes time to renew the contract. So you, you can yeah. get that one back. And so, and so how do you, there, there was, there's an awful lot of agencies that, or a lot of 
clients that treat their agencies, oh, I don't know, like they, they treat them like the, they don't treat them well. They, they, they look at this as an, an exploitative relationship where, where for whatever amount of money that they are paying to the agency, that means that the agency has to respond to their whims. And, and lots of, of early stage agency owners get trapped by that because they don't, they don't know how to set good boundaries. How have you set boundaries with your clients to keep them? So obviously you do it contractually, but you know, as we know, by month three in most business relationships, the contract's out the window and it's all figuring out what to do next together. But what, what do you think makes, you know, how, how do you, how do you manage those boundaries as you move through the relationship? I always try to give it a positive spin. So of, of course, scope creep, it's real. Scope creep is an agency killer. It is. And so the way, the way we approach it, we, rather than being confrontational and say, oh, come on, really? This is, no, this is out of scope. This wasn't part of the deal, whatever. I said, okay, so now you're requesting that we create these reports or you, now you're requesting that we, on top of advertising Google and Facebook, now you want to add LinkedIn and Pinterest and TikTok. And we need to build everything from scratch. Okay. So as you might very well recall, this wasn't really part of the original discussions. However, because you've been such a great client and whatnot, we'll do this part of the work uh, pro bono as part of our, but starting from next month, we would like to discuss uh, uh, you know, revising our fees. How would this match more per month sound to you? See, so we, we don't just come like, wait, no, do said, okay, well, I'll give you this, but keep in mind that this is extra. And now you got to give me that order. How long does it take you to create a relationship that has a room for that sort of directness? Well, it shouldn't take long. I mean, like, again, this goes down to communication. Like they're, they're, they're communicating what they need now. And I'm communicating like, look, that's not what we originally agreed on. It's important. I know it's urgent, so let's work something out. I'll give a little, you give a little. Right, so everybody's equally miserable. <laughs> well, no. It's, it's, it's the, the sign of a success, successful negotiation when everybody thinks like, oh! Yeah. Everybody, everybody <laughs> thinks they won. <laughs> or everybody thinks, thinks that they, they lost, but just a little bit less than the other guy. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, to add to the relationship, again, saying how important it is for us. The past 15 years, I can tell you 80, 90% of the work we've had, continue to have, it's a referrals. Right. So, so, so very funny, by the way, don't you think that, that the vast majority of advertising and marketing agencies don't get their business through marketing or advertising? <laughs> no way. Relationship building, it's, I don't know if it's a cross between PR and marketing, but I mean, it, it's got to be somewhere in there. Well, it's, a, it's like one-on-one marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, we, we do advertise as well, you know, just to stay top of mind. But, uh, but yeah, the, the really good contracts, it's always been referrals. You know, somebody who we work with now, they move on to another company, and you know, within six months, they'll pick up the phone like, hey, what's up? You want to? You right. Yeah, you the, the, the free, like frequent flyers are such a, such a, a crucial part of, of, of business, that, especially in the, in the agency world, those those. those Cross those cross company VIPs are, are 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 really important, and I think and I think that just that that's proof of your point because not 
only is it that that, that client side resource feels comfortable with you, but they know that you understand them. And when they say, like, it needs to be done tomorrow, they understand, like, yes, I really mean tomorrow, meaning Saturday, and I'll get you sometime later, I promise, right? And that's, and, and I think that's, like, that sort of familiarity is really important when, when you're thinking about a relationship that grows rapidly. Yeah, cool. So, so we don't have a ton of time left here. So, so everybody who's, like, started an agency in 2018 or 2019, when digital dollars were flowing like crazy and Facebook return on ad spent went nowhere but up and the traffic always went up and the, the conversion rate always went up. Things have been a little bit harder. I mean, for, for folks who were thinking about e-com, the last couple of years have been pretty easy. But even we see this holiday season of the end of 2021, 20, uh, it's not comping super well to the previous year because the previous year was cuckoo crazy. So so what would you tell a young agency owner? Because we are both, let's say we're both young at heart agency owners. What would you tell a young agency owner who's, who for like the first time, like this got really hard? Yeah. And I prepared this for, for our chat today. And watch out for vanity. What maybe your ego got really boosted last year because there was all this money and all this panic to go online from a lot of businesses. You reap the benefits. Maybe things have dried up a little bit this year. But it's hard to admit that to peers and uh, competitors. Like, you know what? I'm not killing it as, <laughs> like last year. So I remember a quote from the movie, The Devil's Advocate, where you know, Al Pacino plays uh, Satan. And he says one of the scenes, vanity, definitely is my favorite sin. Yeah. So if you need to make cuts, no, if last year you could pay a nice office or nice for this or having a bunch of stuff this year you can't just admit it no, there's no point of trying to keep up with the agency Joneses right uh, right exactly exactly yeah yeah and also I would I would point out everything you see on Facebook is fake so so if you see people that you also know who own agencies who are traveling all over the world and are at fabulous parties and talking about all the money they make well People who really make money don't really talk about it that much. And they certainly don't need to show it all. So, all right. This is, Carlos, this has been a terrific chat and I really appreciate your time. So if uh, if if I were a small or medium-sized business who was looking for search capabilities and I wanted to like go work with an agency that was in Vancouver, one of the most beautiful and least expensive, uh, least affordable cities in the world, where, where would they, where would they find you? They can find me on LinkedIn. They can find me on our website, bloommarketing.ca. Bloom as in flowers blooming, marketing.ca. So we're in Canada. I'm on LinkedIn. And then my personal last name, Carlos Obregon. Just think Carlos Santana. Okay, that guy, Carlos. Carlos Obregon. My last name is like Oregon with a B after the O. Okay. So you find me on LinkedIn. All right. And, and, and what are the kinds of businesses that you serve the best? Obviously, obviously, regional airlines. <laughs> so they stay with you yes. forever. Yeah. Yes. Uh, retail, e-commerce, services, B2B, B2C, you name it. Everything. But by now we've worked with almost every industry. All right. So so don't don't mention their name, but but over the last 16 years, 
Who is your favorite client? It is a client who develops and sells very well-known video games that you, you, you and I and a lot of other people have played. Atari? <laughs> no, more, more, more recent than that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Sega? Oh, my God. In one of their games, it's a it's name for the uh, soccer you know, governing body. Also named right. FIFA. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Who could that be? And, and why were they your favorite client? They, they, they were very progressive. This was a few years back. Well, first of all, they, they, they had people of, of all backgrounds working there, both genders equally. And, uh, and everybody was treated with such respect. And, uh, and the perks, the perks were, oh my God, no, the offices, they had snacks, they had uh, games, but, but snacks don't think that they had just Red Bull and uh, and Twinkies making snacks all day long, healthy stuff. They, they, they don't want to, you know, feed right. them junk. But, but right, because uh, you if running down that digital uh, pitch is hard. You can't you, you can't be loaded down with with unhealthy snacks. And by the way, I just if any of Carlos's other clients are listening, you're his favorite too. Yes, everybody's my favorite. All right, everybody, Carlos Obregon from BloomMarketing.ca. Carlos, thanks so much for your time today. This has been great, and I look forward to the next time we chat on the Kilbroad Report. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, and thank you very much for, for your invitation. Hey, it's Tim. Thanks for tuning into the Kilbroad Report. Your support means a lot. If you liked this episode, hated this episode, whatever, please leave your feedback at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you do that sort of thing. And if you're one of the brilliant people who love this, think about subscribing. It'll do you good. 